0: Welcome to the final episode um, of the Position Podcast for 2021. So, this podcast, fun fact, is actually a little over a year old. So, um, just over a year ago, I started this podcast and um, it actually started in the closet you can actually go back and listen um and I'm I talk about how I'm sitting in a closet um it started in a po- in a closet in the home that I was living in uh with uh with some ladies from the church and uh I lived in this closet or I didn't live in the closet <laughs> I uh did this podcast from the closet Um, and it actually started with just holding the microphone in my hand and talking into my phone, and now I have a microphone, I have an apartment, and this whole thing has just grown into something so awesome, so incredible, and it, I look back at what all has happened in a year, and it has completely just blown my mind, um, at how good God is, and, um, so, I wanted to start this podcast with just acknowledging God's goodness and his faithfulness and how incredible he is and what all that he has done in my life just over the last year. I mean, this podcast has actually been listened to in over three countries, which is bananas, completely and utterly bananas. Um, And um, then... I have had so many people come up to me. I've made so many connections through this podcast of people who are like, I I really listen to your podcast. It's, it's something I really look forward to. Um, and just hearing that feedback is something that helps me just to keep going. You know, there's times in your life where you do something and it's hard to just stay committed. No matter how much you really love to do it, there's always that kind of like, I don't know, I just, you know. And also, with this podcast, I don't ever want to just do something in vain and um, just to talk, just to talk. I really want to come to you guys when I feel that I have something that needs to be said, um, either just for myself to hear it or for whoever listens to it to hear it. And it never fails. Every time I post something, somebody messages me and is like, that was for me. And be it that it's for that one person, or be it that it's for 500 people who listen to it, if it was to help somebody, it was totally worth it. So with that being said, um, I just wanted to, again, I just wanted to start this podcast off with acknowledging the goodness of the Lord, who he is, who all he has been for me and in my life. Um. Because today we are going to talk about doubt. Um, Doubt is a word that I have been, you know, just hearing over and over and over again, just that word doubt. And um, it wasn't until the other night, I'm trying to think of when it was, I think it was Sunday night. Um, It was either Sunday or Monday. I believe it was Sunday the Lord really just began to unfold this word of doubt. And um, what it meant, um, what he showed me that it means. Um, Maybe it's just for me, but um, he kind of, this is what I feel like he gave me. Um, So today we're going to talk about doubt. And doubt, um, what the Lord gave me, is demonstrating open uncertainty towards believing truth so d o u b t d demonstrating o open u uncertainty towards b believing t truth so demonstrating open uncertainty towards believing truth that's what i got for the word doubt so when you think about doubt, um, you know, and I I began to kind of unfold this, and I sent this to Kristen, and she was the one who actually encouraged me to do a podcast on this, and, um, you know, it was more confirmation to me that I needed to do it. And when I began to really um, break down the word doubt, um, I was more leaning towards um Doubt towards the truth. You know, there are situations in our lives where we doubt something, um, you know, that's not true. Um, Like, say, if somebody is wearing a pink shirt and they're like, oh, my shirt is green. And it's like, no, I really doubt that. It's not, not the same. You know, that's not the doubt that I'm necessarily talking about. I'm talking more about the doubt of the truth and you know the enemy is really quick and really sly to make us doubt something and where these are evident and i'm going to talk about three places where this is where doubt is the most evident towards the truth um and it all ultimately goes back to the to our nature so back when adam and eve were in the garden What did the serpent say to Eve back in Genesis 3? He said, hey, did he really say not to eat of that? What that did was he instilled doubt into her and let it kind of fester. And I wrote this down. Faith, or I'm sorry, doubt is in order for sin to take root, doubt has to be planted. So, Before sin, there was doubt. So the enemy slid in with that doubt, made Eve doubt what the Lord said in order for her to sin. So sin is ultimately just the foundation, or doubt is ultimately just the foundation for sin. So the enemy likes to come in, and it doesn't matter how closely you are walking with the Lord, because Adam and Eve, walked with him in the garden. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden and still let doubt take over to the point of sin. And so it doesn't matter how closely you're walking with the Lord. Doubt is always going to come because doubt is in our nature. So I wrote this down. I wrote this down that doubt is natural, but faith is favorable. And I'm going to dive into that more, but just to go ahead and put that out there, write it in your notes, um, and we're going to break it down and ponder on it a little here in a minute. But doubt is natural, okay? It is natural for us to have doubts. It's natural for the enemy to want to come in and to make us doubt. it's, It's not but. Something Joyce Meyer said, and I'm kind of bouncing all over the place but while it popped into my head something that I actually heard Joyce Meyer say um she was talking about doubt and she said that doubt hits your mind before it hits your heart so doubt comes to your head as a thought so for Adam and Eve the serpent came and said did he really say this which caused Eve to think but she didn't take it to heart until she saw the fruit and desired it and ate and took of the fruit. So what happened there, and, and like Joyce Meyer said, doubt comes to your head before it enters your heart. And in Eve's case, when she was presented with the fruit and presented with the Did he really say that? When she was presented with that doubt, instead of discarding it and say, hey, we're not, he did, he did, okay? He did say it. She doubted. But why was it so easy for her to doubt? And why did the serpent go to her? Because it's easier to doubt something you didn't hear firsthand. So if you look back at the story of Adam and Eve, was not there when when God gave Adam the command of do not eat of this fruit. Eve wasn't there. This was before Eve's creation. You can look at it in scripture. This was before Eve was formed. Right after God gives Adam the command of do not eat of this fruit, then he says it is not good for man to be alone. Right after, like the sentence after, the verse after, verse or two after, He says, don't eat of the fruit. Two verses later, or a verse later, he says, it is not good for a man to be alone. Which shows us that Eve was not there to hear that command. She was only, you know, like a, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Where you hear something from somebody else. Um, Like, I don't know. Anyways, so she was just kind of like the second hand. She didn't hear it firsthand. So she was, She didn't hear, God didn't, it is not recorded that God told Eve, hey, don't do this, you know, but it is reported that she told Adam, and which leads me to believe the enemy knew, hey, I can get her to doubt because she didn't hear it firsthand. So it's easy for us to doubt something we didn't hear firsthand. And so when I began to break down doubt and um, when I began to just kind of let the thought of doubt being the foundation for sin, I began to ask myself this question, is doubt sin? So... I, I've pondered on that question for probably longer than I should have or necessarily needed to, but as I began to unfold this word of doubt, I began to take it on as a sense of like a baby Christian because I have never sat down and looked into doubt and what it is and why it is what it is and who it is and how it is, how it comes and how, you know, how to combat it, how to, sh- you know, how we how we go through it. And I began to just think on this thought of, is doubt a sin? Is it a sin to doubt? And I began to think on this topic. And I began to kind of look it up. And I was going to ask a couple of people, is doubt sin, to see what they got. But then I was like, you know what, I'm going to dig into this a little bit on my own. Before I began to ask other people because I don't want to form a thought on uh, I don't want to form a thought based on what something something that somebody else said um, so what did I do? I began to um, go through scripture and see what the Bible says about doubt and um, something that I um, came across is James one through eight. So we're actually just going to start in verse 2. So in James chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. My brethren, count it all joy that when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him go to God, who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from God. He is double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. And as I began to just look into the word doubt and look into doubt in the scriptures, that was really the one that just kind of hit the nail on the head for me and just really, um, I felt put it into a great perspective. And when I began to look into like different commentaries of that verse, I found this one, and this is not a quote for me. This is a quote from a commentary. I'm just not sure which one. I didn't write it down. Um, but it says this, anytime that we allow human reason to overshadow faith in God, sinful doubt is the result. And how do we know that? Because in first Corinthians, 1 verse 20 it says god has made foolish the wisdom of the world so ultimately what that verse says right there god has made foolish the wisdom of the world it's that we cannot put our faith in things of this world because god has made foolish the wisdom of the world so in this it says Anytime we allow human reason to overshadow faith in God, sinful doubt is the result. There are times and moments, you know, somebody can hand you a chocolate milkshake from McDonald's and say, hey, this has zero calories in it. And you're like, I just highly doubt that. You know, that is not what we're talking about. That's not the doubt we're talking about. The doubt that we're talking about is say somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, I have cancer." And, "Ah, I, I I don't know what to do." And telling them, "Well, I'm sorry. Cancer is incurable and you cannot be saved. You know, most people die from it." Sorry. That is that sinful doubt and throwing away and completely discarding the things that the Lord is capable of because he is capable of so much more than what sometimes we give him credit for. You know, It's easier for us to say, hey, I believe that God is who he says he is. I believe he died on the cross. I believe that he rose again. But how often is it that when we're struggling financially, we say, God, I need you. Sometimes we do. But how often is it that when we go through a simple struggle in our lives, you know, say a coworker has treated us badly or say, you know, we're just having beef with some family, maybe we're just struggling. And how often is it that we take those little things to God? We almost feel that it's an inconvenience for us. But in reality, us labeling something as an inconvenience is is labeling us is labeling that as a form of doubt. Sometimes we disregard an inconvenience. We don't want to inconvenience God by taking Him this little thing when He wants to help us. You know, you think about a father and a child. Say a little girl goes up to her dad and... She has a a she has a crayon. It's broken in half. She snapped it. She wants it back together. So what does she do? She takes it to her dad and says, "Hey, can you fix this crayon for me?" And what is the what's the daddy gonna do if he's looking at that little baby girl and her big blue eyes and she's patting them, she's batting them, and her daddy? He's gonna find some way to fix that crayon, you know. And he he doesn't see it as an inconvenience because he loves her. So, so often, you know, we say, yeah, I believe that God rose and died and rose from the grave, and I know, you know, He loves me and He saved me, but I don't believe He can help me with this simple task. And that is when we have let doubt overshadow the things that God is able to do. When we're struggling financially, when we have a sickness rise up, those situations in which, you know, those things that come up, the enemy wants us to think, hey, this is not This is insignificant. Don't take it to him. Don't take it any, because the enemy doesn't want us to receive that victory over that thing. So he tells us that it's an inconvenience to the Lord. And there is nothing that you can take to God that is ever going to be an insignificant thing to him. There's nothing. Because for one, nothing takes God by surprise. He is all-knowing. It says, God has made foolish the wisdom of the world. Why? Because he has all of the wisdom. He knows how to fix something, and he knows how to do it in the best way possible. So why would we not go to God for that godly wisdom? Say, God, how do I do this? How can I handle this? And if we go and we ask, we will receive what he wants to give us. And so as I began to study out this word, and to study out this this thought, you know, I think it's good to go and question. Not question God, but question your circumstance. Question the situation that you're in. And I wrote down, doubt is natural, faith is favorable. And there are so many people in the Bible whose faith was so favorable. And I'm going to touch on just a couple of those right quick. But there are so many people throughout Scripture who had favorable faith. And just to name a few, the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through to touch the hem of his garment just because she questioned what the doctors were telling her. She questioned what she was told. She questioned what she was labeled. And she knew there has to be another way. There has to be something different. There has to be something better. So when she heard Jesus was walking through the town, She pressed through and said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I can be made well. And because of her faith, she was favored and she was healed. And then you look at Job, and Job had favorable faith. Job's whole life was just mess. And if we were to look at Job, you know, and we say, oh, he should have left his wife for for doubting his faith. But in reality, if we were in that situation too, if we saw our husband broken out in bulls, he had just lost all of his kids, we would probably be in the same boat that she was and say, why don't you just curse God and die? Why is your faith still so big? Why are you still glorifying this man who's let all of this happen to you? We might be the same as his wife, but Job, he had favorable faith. And he said, woman, let me tell you, he has been nothing but good. He has been nothing but gracious. He is still sitting on the throne. Even when I'm sitting here breaking out in bulls, he's still good and he is still God. And because he had that faith that God was still good and that no matter what he was going through, the enemy, no no matter what the enemy put him through, God was still going to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it to his good. So what happened God was God had given Job a double portion of all this all of his inheritance and he blessed Job because he had that faith that was so favorable and then we look at the um the centurion the centurion with the sick servant who who sent for Jesus and said I'm not worthy for you to come into my house I can't have you in my home But if you can just say the word, I know that it'll happen. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled at his faith. And he said, no greater faith have I found in all of Israel. He found no greater faith than this man who said, all you have to do is say a word and it'll happen. How often is it that we just go to God and we say, God, I'm struggling. But I know that at just one word, you can fix this mountain You can make it crumble. This wall before me, it'll fall. This giant will fall. All you have to do is say one word. And how often is it that we just say, we write it off as insignificant that he can't do it because we feel like it's not important. How often is it that we let the enemy tell us that it's not significant, that it's out of his way to come and heal our servant? How often is it that we listen to those lies of the enemy say, you are not worthy to get him in the house had the centurion listened to the lies of the enemy, you know, or let me let me rephrase that, had the centurion stayed in that mindset of "I am not worthy to have him in my home and just stopped there," then this the healing of the servant would have never happened, but what he said was, "I'm not worthy to have you in my home." But I know, you don't have to be in my home to heal my servant. And because of those words of, but I know, sometimes we look at our situation, we look at our circumstance, we look at who we are, and we say, God, I'm not worthy for you to help me the way that, you sh- that I need you. But I know That you love me so much that it gives you pleasure to help me. It gives you pleasure to love me. It gives you pleasure to see that I am at peace. It gives you joy to know that your child is secure. And I know that you are the one who can supply all of my needs. But sometimes we stop and I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy for him to clean me. I'm not worthy for him to come into my house. I'm not worthy for him to save my servant. I I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But still I know. But still I know that he can and he will. And if I ask, I will receive it. Even though I didn't earn it. Even though I don't deserve it. Even though I don't deserve for him to heal my servant. Even though I don't deserve for him to heal my situation. Even though I don't deserve for him to fix the what I'm in. Even though I don't deserve for him to wash me clean. Even though I don't deserve it. Even though I didn't... I've, I've messed up so many times. I've struggled. I've looked this way and that way. I've battled. I've wrestled. And I don't deserve it. But I know... With one word. His glory can be shown. And with that faith. We receive favor. Because doubt is natural. Doubt is a natural thing. Doubt is the foundation to everything. All the sin that is built up over years. Doubt was the foundation of that. And we We have the ability to cancel that doubt when it hits our mind before it even touches our heart. We have that ability to say, hey, I know what he's done before. One of my favorite songs in the whole world is Too Good to Not Believe. And it's a newer song. But every single word is so good. And I listen to it when I'm feeling doubtful. And it says, I believe you're the wonder-working God. And you heal because you love. After everything I've seen, after everything I've seen, after everything I've heard, after everything, all the miracles that I have seen, you are too good to not believe. And that's what the woman with the issue of blood said. She said, I don't care what the doctors say. Because I hear of the miracles that this man performs. And if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And the centurion, he said, I, I, I know that, they, that the doctors say that she's going to die. But at the mention of a word from his mouth can heal my servant. And I know, I know I'm breaking out into bulls. I know Job looked at his wife and said, I know, you think I'm not aware? You think I've not lived this? Do you think I don't know that my children are dead? Do you think that I don't know that I'm breaking out into bulls? But do you not think that I have not considered all the beautiful works of the Lord that have taken taken place prior to this event? Have you not considered All the things in which God has done. Look back at the bigger picture. Look back at how far that we've come. Because so often the enemy wants us to see our situation. But he doesn't want to remind us of our story. He wants us to see the situation that we're in. He doesn't want us to look back at how far that we've come. And what God got us out of. What he wants us to think is that God let it happen. What he wants us to think is that God is the reason that we were that we were raped. He wants us to think that that is the reason we were abused. He wants us to think that God is the reason that we go through all these terrible trials when in reality, all that has happened is that the enemy has messed up our lives and he is wanting to distort it into something that God has done. But all that is going on is God is molding piece by piece of brokenness that the enemy has called, the enemy has called to crumble And he is melding it back to a beautiful picture. And what what the enemy wants you to do is focus on the fragments that are now part of your story now. And he doesn't want you to turn back and look at the sculpture that is being built and what all has taken place and the beautiful things that have grown in that season of crushing and pressing and that wine that is now there and is now available and is beautiful and rich because of the crushing and the pressing there are times and there are seasons where we go through struggles we go through trials and if we look at it from a natural standpoint it doesn't make sense and it's not fair but what we don't do is we What we do is we focus on that thing and we quit focusing on how God can deliver us from it in order for Him to get all of the glory. But we have to speak it out of our mouths. But what the enemy wants us to do is see it as an insignificance and we can't let Him win. We can't let the enemy think that we see our walk with the Lord as an insignificance, that we see our trials as insignificant. Oh, because one thing, one thing the enemy wants us to do is to see all these broken pieces and see these stones, to see all these things that have been cast at us, all these things that have been thrown at us. He just wants us to see the broken pieces. But he doesn't want us to see when God takes those broken pieces And makes a masterpiece out of it. But in order for it to become a masterpiece, it first had to be broken. I don't know how I got off on all this. I don't know how I got this far off of my notes, and I'm not off of my notes. I'm you know, I'm I'm completely on track with whatever the Lord wants to say. Jesus, (laughs) in order, help me Lord, in order for us to have faith in something, doubt will come when we Have faith in something. Doubt will come. Why? Because faith is favorable. And doubt is dark. Doubt is dark. There are times in your life where you're wrestling And I've been there. I've been there so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've cried in my floor. And I've said, God, I just don't have the faith to believe right now. And I need you. I need you. Because right now, all I'm seeing is the things around me. All I'm seeing is that I am surrounded. All I'm seeing is that I'm struggling. And I do not have the faith to believe. And I need you to de- to download some divine wisdom as to how you're gonna turn this into something good because I don't get it. I can't tell you how many times I said that laying in the hospital bed when I was dying, when I was struggling, when I was having a mild heart attack, those times where I was laying in the hospital, the times where I left a man's home feeling worthless because of how he treated me, The times that I struggled and I said, God, I don't have the faith to believe that you can turn this into something beautiful because right now I am broken, I am hurt, and I don't can't how you can make this something beautiful. I can't tell you how many times that I went to the Lord and I said, God, I don't know how, but all I can say is, God, I need you. Because right now, all I see are the broken pieces around me. And I can't see the picture. And I don't have the wisdom. And I just need you to speak one word in order to help me through this. And all that he said. All he said. was hold on, hold on and trust me. It's so hard to hear those words sometimes. It's so hard to hear those words sometimes. But let me tell you, (laughs) when you hold on, you're putting trust in the Lord. Even when you are struggling, when you hold on, you're trusting him, you're giving him that faith, even though it's hard, even though it's hard, when you're holding on, you're exemplifying, and you're exercising that faith, and it's so favorable just to go to the Lord and say, God, I just need you to do something. Just speak a word. I need a form of wisdom. Sometimes the only wisdom that we'll get is just hold on. Because it's coming. Sometimes the only wisdom we get is it's coming. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times the Lord told me to just hold on. And slowly, piece by piece, He began to put me back together and when I looked back and when I look back at those days where I cried and I told God I don't see how you can turn this into something good when I look back at that girl who said those things there has now been a beautiful monument built and a beautiful memorial built of those stone with those stones that were thrown at me there's a beautiful memorial set up it's not an idol it's not something that i've built to bow down to it's something that i look back at to give glory to god over because of the season i went through And those stones were thrown at me. And they are now a memorial of how good God is and how far that I have come. So when doubt comes up in your mind, when the enemy tries to build a great doubt in you, when the enemy tries to show you and build something in you to make you think that God is not, incredible and he is not he doesn't care about the things that you're struggling with when the enemy wants when he plants those things in you don't let it get to your heart doubt is gonna come to your mind doubt is gonna come you cannot avoid doubt but you can acknowledge doubt you can acknowledge doubt in order to deal with doubt, you have to first acknowledge it. It's going to come to your mind, but don't let it get to your heart. Acknowledge that it's there. Say, God, it's there. But I'm not going to let it get to my heart. I'm not going to let it dig into my heart, because if it gets to your heart, it's going to branch out to all the systems, all the every area of your life. If it gets to your heart, it's bleeding out into everything. So what we've got to do is when doubt enters our mind, say, God, it's here. I'm doubting you. I'm struggling. But God, remind me of the times where you were faithful, the times where you were there Even in the little, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and I'm going to end with this and we'll be done. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. <clears throat> our understandings are in our mind, and when we lean on our understandings, we are leaning <clears throat> we are leaning on our thoughts. But the Bible says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on the things in your mind, lean not on your thoughts." In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge His good works. How do we exemplify and and how do we exercise faith? By acknowledging Him. And acknowledging His good works. And acknowledging that He can direct our path. And not acknowledging our situation over God not acknowledging what, we, what we're what we dealing with over God. It's okay to acknowledge your situation. It's not okay to acknowledge it as your only situation and the only outcome. I read in Lisa Turkhurst, one of her, her newest devotional, See Beautiful Again, Um, she said that the doctors told her that she had breast cancer And she went and told one of her spiritual mothers, I believe, and she said, Lisa, this is just news. It's not truth. So often we let the enemy plant those seeds of doubt that our news is our truth. When we hear the news from the doctor, when we hear the news of the loss of a loved one, when we hear the verdict from a court case we were involved in. It's just news, but it's not truth. The truth is that our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He provides for us. He cares for us. He loves us. And it doesn't matter what our situation looks like right now. Because all we have to do is say the name and acknowledge him and he will direct us through any struggle, through any mess. And he will direct our path and order our steps. So today, I don't know what you're battling with. I don't know what you're doubting. I don't know what you're dealing with. But let me just tell you to pray. Pray for that wisdom. Say, God, this is my situation, but I know that you have canceled out all worldly wisdom. And I know you can tell me how to get through this. I know that you can give me a word. I know you can give me a scripture. I know you can give me a song that's going to help me through this situation. God, I don't know, but I know you. And I know that you do know. So be in prayer. Be in prayer for God, for discernment, for wisdom. Open your eyes. Ask God to open your eyes and your ears and your heart to receive what he has for you. Because I can promise you that what the enemy wants you to doubt, is when, when the enemy wants you to doubt is when God wants you to put all your faith in him. So no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're going through, maybe it's a job opportunity, maybe you've got something coming up, maybe it's not anything bad, it's just, God, I'm struggling, and I I, I need to know the answer, and I don't know where to go, and I, it's a good opportunity, but is it a God opportunity? Maybe you're going to deal with this in 2022, and you're like god i'm not qualified to get that to take this position it's offered but i'm not qualified maybe the enemy wants you to doubt with that um inadequacy and not being qualified and maybe god wants you to just instill something in you and a new a new trust in him that though you're not qualified he is so whatever it is you're facing be it an opportunity be it a situation be it a struggle, be it something that you're just you just need an answer for. Ask God, seek Him. He'll give you the answers, He'll open the doors, He'll make a way, and He will direct your path. So no matter what it is that you're going to go through this year, no matter what it is you're going through right now, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understandings, but in every way acknowledge Him and he will direct your path. I love you, and happy new year.